Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for CEO Exclusive, brought to you by Anona Enterprises. Good morning, everyone. With us this morning, we have Linda Gabbard, president of Framework Initiatives Company and also best practice chair of Vistage International in the Atlanta area, and Wayne Curzon of the Curzon Group, who is an EOS implementer. Um, both great experts in the small, medium-sized business space. And so I would love to hear from them, from you guys. What trends are you seeing in, in this industry and in this market that you think are really important for CEOs to know about? Well, both Wayne and I work with a lot of um, smaller, privately held companies. And what uh, I'm seeing, at least, is that all of a sudden, not really all of a sudden, but over the last year or so, two years, it's, we're back to the growth <laughs> Um, for so many years, it was how to survive. Mm -hmm. And now, all of a sudden, everybody is really growing again. Record month after record month, new markets, hiring, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, exciting change going on. And what about you, Wayne? Are you seeing the same thing? Yeah, I, I would agree with uh, Linda. And uh, after years of kind of stagnation, I won't say that everyone's growing fast, but many are, and there are many who wish they were. And uh, that's what we're here to talk about today, right? Is how, how do you get that? How do you make that happen? But yeah, there is a lot of freeing up of uh, 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 opportunity as well as optimism, which I think probably drives a lot of it. Mm -hmm. And you know, we've been hearing a lot about that in in the the news and in the press. So, what are the implications of the growing economy for for businesses in your minds? Well, one of the things is, I mean, first of all, it's kind of fun again. Yeah. You know, so it's nice to be talking about growing pains mm -hmm. instead of, uh, you know, how do I survive or how do I make it through this year and hold mm -hmm. my team together? So right. that's a really great thing. And then the companies are having, they have to hire. You know, they're lots of times looking at new markets or new opportunities, new strategic directions. Um Lots of people didn't survive the recession, so in lots of spaces, there's for the ones that did, mm -hmm. there's a lot of opportunity, and I think that's what's really leading, you know, leading to the quick ramp up that many are seeing. Um, but then at the same time, there's growing pains that come along with that. So, what are some of the growing pains that you're seeing? Well, one thing is, and many of the CEOs I work with in Visage say this is they're just a little bit out of shape. You know, when things were quiet for a long, you know, things were quiet for a long time, you got kind of used to being at a certain pace, and now the pace is ramped up to where they were before the crash or even above where they were the crash. But they're, they and their team are having to get used to that kind of pace again. Mm -hmm. um, what so about you, Wayne? What kind yeah. of growing pains are you seeing also? Well, um, for the first time, too, now there's maybe money to... Uh, make those capital investments or to hire people. Um, but with growth, typically what happens is uh, chaos also comes into the picture because uh, as you grow, you get more complex. And if we don't learn how to contain that complexity and simplify, so then things, you know, it's like too many spinning plates and, you know, there's some of them are wobbling and some of them are falling off. And so it's time to really take a look at how do we can uh, contain the growth. And uh, so um, that's probably one of the bigger challenges I see when we have rapid growth. Mm -hmm. And so in terms of the, the chaos, 
I mean, that's been mentioned on the show before that a lot of CEOs are just kind of managing through the chaos. Um, how does a CEO know that it's it's that that this is actually a problem and it's not just you know business as usual? Well, well the, go ahead. The financial indicators sometimes will tell you that. I mean, you, you you're selling more, your top line is going up, but your bottom line is not. Got it. Um, is one place to look for that. Another place to look for that is you'll see um, flaws in the organization. You know, certain things that you kind of think should be able to work seamlessly don't. Mm. So projects get stuck. There could be, you know, flaws in customer service or customer experience, quality kind of problems. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What about you, Wayne? Well, maybe one of the bigger indicators is how well the the owner is sleeping (laughs) because there's more things to be concerned about and there's a sense of kind of losing control. And so I think those are, you know, that's one of the big indicators. Um, Also, uh, as you expand and you're providing more product or service, sometimes the consistency falls off and so there's maybe more uh, complaints from uh, client customers. Mm. And so as you think about these growing pains and you know, this kind of new chaos and people being a little bit out of, out of shape, what are some of your recommendations for um, how CEOs can start to manage their growth so that they grow both the top line and the bottom line at the same time? Yeah. Do you want to take that? Well, it comes right <coughs> out of the EOS. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, One of the things that we have discovered uh, in 10 years of helping companies learn how to use the entrepreneurial operating system is that um, in business, it seems like you can have 136 different issues facing you, Mm -hmm. but if you get strong in in certain areas of the business, and one of the key things is that at the top of every organization, while there might be one person, there's actually two very distinct roles that are very different. Um, we call these uh, ones the visionary and the others the integrator. Integrator would probably, uh, to most people, be the COO, if you will. But uh, there's, there's a big difference between those. And uh, the visionary is someone, uh, usually the founder, and they're idea people, 20 ideas a, a week. Uh, but one's a game changer. Um, they're good at solving big problems. They're good at having... Uh, creating the relationships, managing uh, big uh, customers, getting new business. Uh, But when it comes to running the day-to-day, they're just not gifted in that, you know, it's a little boring for them. And uh, I'll let Linda pick up on the integrator. Yeah, so the integrator role is the one who's more in the background, sort of making everything happen. Mm -hmm. And lots of times, as Wayne said, that's in this COO kind of position, the title isn't really as important, but it, they're, they're the person that can take the visionary's vision, the picture that the visionary can paint of the picture, uh, excuse me, of the future, and turn that into something that's actually actionable. So we talked about, you know, the growing pain of going out of control. The integrator is the one who takes the chaos that the visionary creates mm-hmm. and turns it into order and keeps things um, keep things under control. We also, we didn't mention, but the other thing that can happen is, you know, a company will get stuck. The visionary kind of will take it as far as they can go on their own. 
Um, but then because of some of their challenges, they, the, it gets stuck. They, so they can see a future, but they're not getting there, which is frustrating to them and frustrating to the organization. And the integrator is the one that can kind of take that vision and say, okay, these are the four or five steps that we've got to do. You know, this team has to be responsible for that. This one has to be responsible for that. They've got to work together on these to actually achieve that vision. Mm-hmm. Well, we got a comment on Twitter, I think, you know, that goes to this point about um, the CEO isn't necessarily that important, um, that it's really the team that has to um, carry carry out the CEO's vision. And so I would love it if you guys would comment on that. I mean, is it really that the CEO isn't necessarily that important to the organization? I would not say that, that the CEO is not important, because I think the CEO is is extremely important to the organization. And that that visionary role, in fact, one of the Vistage speakers talks about the top roles of the leaders, several mm-hmm. of the top 10 roles of the leaders, and the number one is visionary. Seeing the, you know, seeing the vision, being able to point to the future, um, and also being the evangelist um, for that vision. So lots of times the visionary is more than a more than a salesperson they may manage the key relationships but they're the ones that can also really communicate the vision to the organization itself and many entrepreneurs I know you know this because you see it I notice it all the time and Wayne you probably do too that there's that this kind of one plus one plus one equals six Mm -hmm. mentality you know if I can take something here and I can take something here now I can create something it's like a MacGyver you know yeah (laughs) yeah I mean that that visionary probably don't even remember that show but yeah (laughs) forward-looking eyes you know forward-looking um ability to kind of see this creative you know, this creative future, this creative space that the company can go is is critical. Um, but then the challenge becomes how do you execute it? And lots of times people who are really strong visionaries um, don't necessarily have all the same, the execution skill sets. And that's what the integrator brings in. Right. So, um, Wayne, you mentioned this, like, 100 and, like, you know, CEOs have 136 things to do. Um, do you find that uh, there's some trouble figuring out which are the highest leverage activities to do. And then if you do find that's a problem, what are your recommendations for identifying how what the highest leverage activities are? Well, I'll, absolutely, that's true. I was, I was just going to say one thing, too. Uh, we don't want to paint the visionary as a bad person mm-hmm. who creates chaos. <laughs> <laughs> the truth is it's the yin, yin and the yang because one without the other <clears throat> uh, doesn't ever reach the full potential of what could happen. And the, the integrator tends to be more uh, reserved, more uh, logical, uh, loves to see things get done, loves to get collaboration, doesn't mind holding people's feet to the fire. And, 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 but really what the, the integrator does is take the vision and execute it. There was an article in Inc. Magazine about five years ago that said 70% of CEOs fail due to lack of execution. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes... Um, in a business, one key personnel change, personnel change can actually dramatically change the whole year. And in many cases, in, a, in the small business area where there's not a realization of these two different roles, uh, that one change to bring on an integrator can just have great change or, or you know, great impact. Mm. So when you talk about mm. impact, when you see this done properly, what are some of the financial 
implications or financial results? Like what's the actual impact on the business when you see this done properly? Well, the biggest one is that the the growth, the potential growth that the visionary can see and create actually starts to get realized mm. or becomes realized. So when when there's not the partnership and there's a, say there's only a visionary, I, I have a couple of clients that are like this, that company is going to go as far as the CEO can take it. And after that, it's going to plateau. Um, they can see the future and they'll try thing after thing to get there. But the team does, the team can maintain the status quo, but not move the strategic agenda forward. So it stops. If you have a company that's led by an integrator, someone with the integrator skills and capabilities without the visionary capabilities, and I, I have, I've got a, some clients that look like that too, what you end up with is a beautiful, perfectly scalable company that's not going anywhere. <laughs> right. You know, <laughs> so, so, but when the two come together, now what you have is somebody who can see that kind of big picture opportunity that most other people miss. That's the visionary know how to create it and go after it. Lots of times have the relationships that will bring that forward and be able to evangelize around it, mm -hmm. right, and get people fired up around it. And you've got the execution skills to actually make it happen. So that's when you see the growth, growth take off and also profitable growth. Mm -hmm. Well, it seems kind of fairly intuitive that this would happen in, in most companies why aren't mo more companies, or do you find that most companies don't have these roles separated? I think it's uh, a lack of just of uh, awareness. Um, and, and back to your uh, question, prior question, without the integrator, <clears throat> we'll tend to see great, a lot of business coming in and a lot of attention to the customer, but we may not see profitability because we're, we're just, we're out of focus. We don't have a, a balance here between the, um, customer service and new clients, and then also the financial part of it, which is looking at, you know, it costs money to have unbelievable customer service. And so the, the bottom line, the top line will probably look good, but the bottom line probably would not. Mm. So, yeah. But so what stops companies from actually doing, doing this? Well, so I think there's several things that come into play with that. And you know, one is, as Wayne said, just sort of awareness of the two roles. So that's a, that is one. The second is, <laughs> I think there's sometimes like a little bit of wishful thinking that goes on, particularly in the entrepreneurial world. Mm. They'll have it, they have a team that's really, really good at creating the, um, at taking care of the status quo. So they might have a head of operations or a CFO um, who is their right-hand man who is really, really strong at taking care of everything the way that it is. And there's this hope that that person is going to elevate into a role that's more, play a more strategic, forward-looking role, which is what the integrator can do because they're doing more than just the status quo. They're really taking the strategic agenda and moving it forward. And lot, sometimes this number two can step into that role and actually fill it, and then you've problem solved, right? You've right. got your visionary and your integrator, but lots of times they can't. And so then there's this kind of bumping up and down against the plateau of, of where you are. Hmm. I think part of it, too, is... Uh, 
in the in the small medium sized business world, there's use, there's often a, a hesitancy to let go. Um, you started out, and you it was you on the part of the CEO, right? Founder, on the part mean. of the CEO, right? And and you get kind of accustomed to uh, everything has to run through me. Um, a good case in point, um, uh, I have a client who uh, was very respected in the industry, one of the top in their particular industry, and uh, he had three of his uh, kids in the business. They were young, 30, 32, and 34, and um, this, the owner was just uh, phenomenal in making all of this visionary stuff happen, but he didn't realize the, dif- the dis- excuse me, the uh, distinction, and and he watched a little video, and when he re- and he looked at it, and he goes, "Crap, I'm the problem here," and eventually, what happened is he, uh, one of the uh, children, became the integrator, and the cool thing of it is, and he was a very controlling person, but he got to the point where he had enough confidence in the system and in the people and in the roles being fulfilled that he started working three days a week and started the consulting business, which was doing what he really liked to do. Visionaries get bored. After about seven years, we, can, we need, they need something new to do. And so oftentimes just releases the, the visionary to really do what they want to do. So, yeah. There's another element of this, I think, especially for smaller companies. Like if, if a company is, say, you know, 50 million, probably even really 30 million in size and growing, this integrator role is a full-time role. And usually the business could afford the level of person um, that they need. But with a smaller company, say a company that's a 5 million going to 50, mm-hmm. you know, 2 million going to 10. And that one of the challenges then in the integrator role is that the level of person that you need is expensive, um, maybe more expensive than the business can, you know, can afford or, it's just a big gulp right. for a CEO to bring on somebody on that level on the hope that that's going to create this, you know, this growth. And so w- one of the trends that's emerging in, in this area is the use of a fractional, you know, sort of like a fractional person as an integrator, because at a smaller size company, it may not actually be need to be a full-time position. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so when a CEO is thinking... Um, about this integrator role, um, you mentioned that they may have a COO who, you know, to me intuitively would seem to be the, the person who would be doing this functionally. Um, so how can you tell or how can the CEO tell if they have the skills latent inside their company to fulfill this or if they need to go outside the company to get this, this need filled? Well, I think um, one of the best ways... Uh the uh, founder of the uh, of the EOS system, uh, Gino Wickman, his latest book is called Rocket Fuel, and Rocket Fuel is all about the DNA of these two distinct roles. And again, we 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 stick with roles, not uh, titles, mm-hmm. but these two roles. And actually, you can go online and take a a twenty question assessment, one for uh, integrator, one for uh, visionary, and figure out if you which of those roles you're really strongest in. So if you already have somebody in-house that you think is, they could take that uh, assessment and get a good idea if they really are, do have the DNA. And I think it's also a great screening tool if you're going out to hire. Um, And just to piggyback a little bit on what Linda said, uh, when the realization is there that we could do a whole lot better if we had an integrator-type person, um, 
oftentimes the money is not there. So that part-time or fractional um, outsourced integrator comes in, kind of like a hired gun, if you will, but they come in and they help the company become profitable enough to where they can actually then hire that full-time integrator role. Mm-hmm. What? If, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, if, this, if, if the business stalls, that's an indicator that the COO is not really functioning in the integrator role. If the COO is so tied up in the day-to-day activity that the strategic agenda doesn't move forward, you know, we're doing all the things every day to keep here, and we're busy doing, 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 doing all the things that got us to here. That's a sign that the integrator, or that the COO, is not really functioning in a C in an integrator role. They're functioning in a head of operations role, mm-hmm. which is a different. It's really a different role because the integrator is the one that's going to tie together all the different functions in the company around strategic movement. Mm-hmm. So what does a day in the life of an integrator look? What does this person actually do? Yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and just uh, I just wanted to make one comment there um, about the integrator really executes the visionary's vision, but very key to this is actually a cohesive leadership team that comes together and they look at, okay, we got these 15 different opportunities out here, but the leadership team collectively d- decides, well, what is our best alternative? And so we're going to take up on these two or three. <laughs> and then the integrators keeps focus on those two to three opportunities. And when there's another idea comes out, it, they put up their hands and run interference and say, no, we're, we're, we're going to focus on these, the, these two to three. Um, so what does an integrator so do? So I think what they do is really shepherd the team along the strategic um, agenda. So say you have three strategic initiatives. Then the, the um, integrator is working with all the functional heads to actually lay out the plan, the execution plan of what that looks like, how to measure and monitor it, running the you know, meetings that take care of that you know, making sure everything is on track when it gets off track or when people get stuck or when there's structural tension, say between sales and operations, a very typical area, they're the tiebreaker, mm. right? If the, if someone is not meeting the objective, objectives, they help give them support and resources to help them make it hold them accountable to making it. If it's not happening and a change needs to be made, they make that change. I mean, they are really the shepherd of the, of the strategic focus of the company. And one of the, one of the key roles is to remove obstacles. What's the ice thing where you, looks like shuffleboard. It's, I, uh, I'm trying to think of it. Oh, Oh. anyway, someone throws the big weight, down the ice and these people are, are all sweeping the ice to oh, make I it go fast. I can't think of the word name of it, but the integrator <laughs> is sweeping the ice to keep things clear to get rid of obstacles so that each person can perform at their maximum. Mm, mm. I'll think of the name of that one of these days. Um, well, Curling. 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 Yeah. curling. <laughs> right. Thanks, Stone. We appreciate it. Our producer just, just cool. gave us the word. Um, yeah. So... It's, yeah, it's a hands-on. It's it's a hands-on management role um, 
focused on moving the entire company to the growth objective objectives. Well, you mentioned strategy a lot, which yeah. is which is my my you know yeah. field of discipline. What what gets me excited? So, where does the strategic planning and strategic planning process fit into the in, the work that the integrator does with the, with their visionary CEO? Like, how does that work? Well, you. Uh, um, we strong- you need to have a plan, right? Right. Correct. The- yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and um, we call vision really. Uh, it it's a, it, it's uh, made up of eight different things. It's who you are, your core values, your core focus, what you do, your uh, long range goal. But as you boil that on down, a three year uh, picture. But then, what are your what are the three to seven priorities we must get done this year to get to our three-year picture? What are the three to seven priorities we must get done in the next 90 days? So that ni- those 90-day goals, we call them rocks, uh, that's the starting place. And that's again, is, is something that happens with the leadership team, usually in about a one-day session, figuring that all out. And then the, um, and then the integrator, uh, just to mention some of the roles, they're really in charge of communication and clarity um, uh, focus, accountability, uh, prioritization. Uh, they're really in charge of the profit and loss statement. And so it's, and, and they're meeting on a weekly basis with the leadership team to actually get the pulse of how things are going. So we're looking at our scorecard. How are we doing on our rocks? Uh, did we have any big issues with our clients or employees last, uh, last uh, week? And then uh, the to-dos we had last week, uh, did they get done? So there's accountability. And then spend about two-thirds of the time actually solving the most important issues and following a, a pattern of how to identify and solve the most important issues. So the integrator is really facilitating all of that. So we could kind of think of them as the band director of, of everything, but they're really keeping things running smoothly uh, as an entire team. Do you find sometimes that the integrator has some tension with the C- CEO? Because, I mean, it sounds like part of what they yeah. do is hold the CEO accountable, too. There's a natural tension. Uh, there's a natural tension in the role. And, you know, when the two are working in good alignment and good partnership, it's a healthy tension, right? So usually the visionary is the one that's saying, we can do this, we can do this, we can do this, we can do this, and the and the integrator is the one that's saying, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Last week you told us to do this, and we're trying to get it done. Could we finish that yeah. first? Yeah. Or, or here are the consequences. You know, we can go in this direction, but here are the consequences. So sometimes they get a reputation of being a bit of a naysayer, <laughs> you know, especially to the really energetic, you know, when, a, when the visionary is one of the more, you know, ADD types with lots and lots of ideas, then the visionary can, I mean, excuse me, the integrator can kind of be a naysayer, mm-hmm. be perceived as a naysayer. But really what that tension, you know, when the relationship is strong, what that tension does is help create really good decisions, mm. right? Because the, there's the pull forward from the visionary that the integrator by themselves the integrator by themselves is going to listen to all the no's, right? Mm. And the visionary by themselves is going to listen to too many yeses. So the natural tension between the two of them helps, you know, balance out that decision making. So, I, I would say if that tension is not there, they're not doing their role. Ah. So, it, you know, it's very healthy uh, because visionary is looking forward. And so sort of like the E-Myth, the entrepreneurs looking at the future, the managers looking at the uh, uh, at the uh, past, 
and, and present. So you, you want that tension because that's what creates. And as long as everyone is committed to the greater good of the, of the organization, we, you, you encourage that tension. It's a good thing. So, Ina, you were asking earlier about the strategic planning process. And this is where I think that is so important here because that's your alignment document, mm. right? And if you've got something, you know, a year or two years into the future, lots of times as the most uh, rapidly growing company can really look at, especially with all, you know, the environment today. And then as Wayne was saying, um, in the EOS system, it's really broken down into kind of quarterly priorities that you're focused on, what's most important right now that we're focused on. And so having that documented is something that's, that is one of the tools that can really help keep alignment between the visionary and the integrator. Um, that kind of keeps that tension healthy. Mm-hmm. How does one measure the success of this this operating system and the the integrator? Is it just the raw growth of the company, or are there any other metrics that you use to say that this is working or not working? I think uh, you decide what you want. Do you want rapid growth, or do you want more profitability? Uh, you know, or maybe more peace of mind. But it's it's developing the right metrics, so we you know the right data. Uh, you can have great, a great vision, great people, and a great plan, but if you don't have good, solid data or data to tell you what's happening, it's just a feeling. So when you have good data, the organization actually becomes transparent. You can actually see many, oftentimes issues you weren't even aware that were there, and that's where then being able to really solve issues, the most important issues, is a skill that the leadership team must master if they really want to see you know, great, great numbers and great success. Mm-hmm. And how long does it take to actually see, you know, if you kind of absorb this and say, okay, yes, I think this integrator thing is, is a good idea, how long does it take for the effort and the integrator to start, integrator role to start bearing some fruit? Yeah. So that, I think, de- it depends somewhat on the size and the complexity, you know, of the company and the business. Um, but you would start to see some payoff right away, pretty soon, I think, after bringing on a integrator. Obviously, there's some onboarding. Mm-hmm. And one of the things, um, you know, particularly if somebody comes into this role from the outside, that's a big shift for the organization because... Before, everybody reported to the CEO or the founder. So, you know, and this is especially true when there's a founder. Yeah. They've, you know, built a company. They've brought in, they've got employee number one. You know, Mm -hmm. they've got employee number two are still working there and very much part of the organization and used to having the direct ear of the visionary. And now there's going to be someone in the middle, right, in between. So there can be positive elements of that. Sometimes it's very relieving for the organization um, because the the integrator is creating the structure that the organization needs. But lots of times there's an initial, you know, hesitancy and fear, you know, kind of fear around this or a fear of I'm being, you know, for the for the other employees I'm being put aside. There's this new person, so there's a careful onboarding. Mm. I think that's really required on that. Yeah, I think uh, 
how fast it would be how well does the organization embrace this person and the role uh, and that has a lot to do with really the owner and his ability to convince them but we do run into this political thing uh, look I've been here for 15 years and now you're gonna bring Linda in here to run this show so I, I have a situation where um, a 62 year old owner of a really solid company and it's been growing like t doubling for every year for 10 years wow. IT company but um, um, a 39 year old guy has been identified in for in the future as the one who will kind of run the show so in between that 39 year old and the and the owner are several other people who are older and so how do you how do you uh, really get this person in a, a place where they can actually have impact and so that's where the roles come in and and when we define the roles and they realize that this person is filling a role it's not a political thing and that's why we don't like titles because titles create uh, politics so um, in fact uh, that example I used uh, earlier where one of the children was made the integrator the other two were you know not happy about it because they kind of wanted it and that was fine, but then he called him the president. Now that has a political, has a, has a prestigious thing, and I, I will say all hell kind of broke loose for a while. So it's understanding it's a role, not an authoritarian, authoritarian position, but it's for everyone to understand, for the greater good of the company, this person is gifted to help us there, because we're always trying to move people towards what we call their unique ability, doing the things they do, that they like to do and they're also good at it. So that's one way. I'm not going to say it's easy. Well, <laughs> one thing that I guess maybe I misunderstood mm. is I thought that the integrator was more of a consultant rather than functioning as somebody who is in between the CEO and the other yeah. the other reports. So the, the, the integrator actually is in between the CEO and has like the CFO, the C other people, C-suite reporting into the integrator? Usually that's the way that it's set up, yes. So... And and we do need to clarify that CEO might be, the, the owner might be the integrator. He might be gifted that way or she might be gifted that way. <clears throat> so uh, it's not always the owner, founder is always visionary. It's just most of the time. So, but, but that integrator is, an actual, is actually filling a functional position on the team. And actually all these other uh, functional areas are actually, if you will, reporting to the integrator. So no, it's not an outsider. It, they become part of the team. Linda, you were going to say something? Well, yeah, so it, the, there would be an opportunity for a fractional. You, you know how there's sometimes a fractional CFO, for example. Right. That's not really a consultant. That's a role inside the company, right. but it's only a couple of days a week. If the company is small enough, they may not need a full-time CFO yet. So they may have a strong accounting department. They may have a controller. And then they've got someone who comes one day a week who's the CFO. They're, they're there on a fractional basis, but it's not really a consultant role. It's not an advisor role. It's mm -hmm. a working in the business role. And this integrator is the same. It wouldn't necessarily have to be a full-time position, especially for a smaller company. Um, but it definitely is a role in the organization and not an outside advisor. And then the rest of the C-suite reports into the integrator? 
Yeah, well, you know, if it's a $5 million company calling the C, the rest of the team the C-suite is a little bit <laughs> is a little bit strong, right? <laughs> so, you know, usually what you have is a head of operations, a head of marketing, you know, if you want to call them vice president, they get called, you know, C or they get called vice president or they get called director or they get called manager. Right. But the, all of the functional heads would would report to the integrator and then the integrator reports to the CEO. Right. So and I, usually and 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 that's the way the EOS system lays it out, but what that does is let the integrator be sort of the permeable membrane between the person who's setting the vision setting and communicating the vision, and then the team that's actually got to execute. So they have the execution responsibility. I think the question you're asking here is accountability. And one of the things we do right up front is we develop uh, what we call an accountability chart, not an organizational chart. Organization charts kind of who reports to. Accountability chart is who's accountable, responsible for what. So in each of those, let's say there's four people reporting, if you will, up to the integrator, we've defined what are their specific roles that they're accountable for, and they're accountable to the leadership team, to each other. So it really takes some of that uh, pressure off of uh, the integrator's mandating. Now, the integrator's just kind of, he's, they're the, she's a band director, and each person has what they're accountable for, and they're answering for that whether it's a quarterly ninety minute or a quarterly meeting or a, or a weekly meeting, so it's it's all about roles and accountability, having measurements that show that the accountability accountability is actually taking place. But I guess the reason why I'm I'm kind of on this point is that so much of leadership is is emotional, right? And if you have this um, visionary CEO founder person who has these relationships that may have la- you know in some cases last decades. Right with these people who are reporting to them on a daily basis, and now the these people see whatever you know the brother or the friend or whoever who started the business with them is now supposed to be you know turning over all that loyalty and allegiance and um, fealty to this new person. I mean, I imagine that you know, like you yeah. said, all hell could really break loose. Well, so so. And this is why we talked earlier about the careful onboarding, if you bring, especially if you bring somebody in from the outside, but also when you promote somebody um, internally. And so I had a member in, in my Vistage group who kind of made the decision at one point that he was the, he was the choke point. Mm-hmm. You know, He's the bottleneck. In the organization. And that what he needed was, he used the title COO, but actually which he did not have um, anyone in that role, but what he was really looking for was an integrator. And he he spent, he, well, we talked about this in our group for many months before he actually decided to do it. He very carefully um, defined what the role was, went, you know, kind of went through an exercise. And interestingly enough, what he came up with looks a lot like the definitions of visionary him. And, you know, integrator was the COO. He interviewed very carefully for this role over a long period of time. And then he had a very, very careful onboarding um, procedure of introducing this person who was going to be between everybody else, you know, and him. And for exactly the, you know, for exactly the reasons that you were talking about. 
And he had one false start, actually. The first person that he hired did it quickly, was apparent, wasn't going to work. And he had the courage to pull the plug on that, go back to, you know, go back to the drawing board and rehire again. The second hire, it went really well. And the company, you know, so that process for him, he, his, he was already in the neighborhood of, you know, a $30 million company, so not a tiny company. And that process to get somebody on board probably took a year all in. And then it was another maybe six months. This is going back to your earlier question and this one thing of the onboarding period. But after that, man, that company took off. And, you know, they're more than double where they were before now mm-hmm. and more consistently profitable. They would have before they had, you know, great years and terrible years, right. kind of, you know, it was this continual up and down. And now it's, you know, steady growth and steady profitability. I would say the key here is the loyalty is to the greater good of the company, not to a person. So I get that. That's in, in you know, in books and but in real life. Come on. Um Really? It, it's a maybe a, a culture change. Uh, sure, uh, there's leadership, but the loyalty is to, and, and if, even if you're answering to the, uh, the integrator, you're still loyal to the owner if that's who you were before right. because the owner said, look, I'm not really good at this. This person's better, and for the greater good of this company, and, of course, if we do well, you'll do well. There'll be new opportunities. You'll, we'll be around in 15 years, all those kind of things. So uh, I don't see it so much uh, shifting from a loyalty to, a, to an individual who's actually performing a role. But, you know, that's, that's my personal opinion. Right, right. So, Amy, I, what I think on that is that when the founder, owner, CEO, who is the visionary, mm-hmm. when they're in the visionary role, which usually they are, if when they're convinced that they need this role, they can make it happen. Got it. If they're not convinced about it or they're doing it because they, some consultant is telling them to do it or they read a book <laughs> and they sort of think, well, maybe I should try it, but I don't know. I'm not ready to let go. I, I still think that I can take the organization where it needs to go all by myself. In those situations, I think bringing in an integrator is just it's doomed for failure don't do it mm-hmm. for a lot of the reasons that you're talking about because the first thing that's going to happen the first time there's a challenge the first time the integrator is holding a line and forcing some you know saying this is what we agreed on this is what we're going to do exactly what your signal said there's going to be an in run mm-hmm. that is going to happen for sure and if the ceo isn't committed to the success of the integrator then he or she is going to fall into the trap Mm-hmm. You know, of stepping back around, and that just becomes a ca- you know a cascading thing. So, I, I think the issue that you're bringing up actually is is quite important in the day to day. You know, and actually, once you go from the theory to the practice, mm-hmm. and um, and the commitment on all sides is a real key to that. And now, one thing that um, also uh, really facilitates that is um, the um, collaboration. Excuse me. <clears throat> Collaboration in terms of what are we going to do? Uh, so that's collectively. But um, excuse yeah, me. Yeah. So that's the strategic. That's the strategic. That's the strategic plan again. If you've got the. If you've kind of 
and that again goes back to the the CEO saying, you know what, I've taken this company as far as I can. I still have a very, very, very important role um, to play. So I'm not really, I'm not really given. See, when a CEO, and I've seen this happen, when the CEO will come to the realization that by bringing in somebody to help with the execution, they're not actually stepping back, mm-hmm. given, getting out of the day-to-day, moving to chairman. There's all these things <laughs> that really mean I'm getting close to retirement, and they may not be ready for that. But when they're, but when, so if they're thinking about it in those terms... That's not what this is. What this is is really, Wayne said it earlier, letting them come into the, live fully in the place that they can give the most value to the organization. So what does the CEO do, founder, president, person do once this integrator has come and is managing all the chaos? What's, what does the CEO actually do with his or her time? Well, first of all, we're, again, I don't want to paint the CEO as just creating chaos. Okay. Yeah, okay. But, um, what does a CEO or what is and I prefer to use the word visionary. What does a visionary do? What are they good at? They're good at sales. They're good at big relationships. They're good at closing big deals. They're good at community relationships. <clears throat> um, so the things they're good at, they're released to go do them. Um, what I was going to say before I choked on my own words, um, <laughs> one of the things that helps this integrator be accepted, and I kind of think that's what we're talking about, is if you do use a, a business system, and there's several business systems out there. The one I use, of course, is EOS. But when it comes to, well, we're going to do it this way, it's not the integrator saying, hey, we're going to do this. No, the system says we should do this, and so we're going to follow the system. So, again, it releases that integrator from being in that authoritarian position where they're telling people what to do. No, we're working together as a team to, to implement this system that's going to make us a very healthy uh, organization. So, Soini, so you know, I mean, how many of your clients, your CEO clients, say things to you like, if I only had time, I could, I could make this organization grow three times faster. Right. If I only had time, I would, I would go and travel the country and talk to other people that are in our industry. If I, if I really had time, I would, go, I would visit every single major customer that we have, not on a sales call, but just to understand what's going on in the environment. If I really have time, I have this idea right. that this, I've been trying to develop. Innovation, or, yeah. innovation. So that's what the visionary does because what the integrator does okay. is take all of the actual execution detail um, away from the visionary to free them up to do all those things that they their special gift, you know, which is the really forward-looking critical component for the organization. Now they're just, they're doing that. And that's, that's really what sparks the growth. The integrator is just making everything happen at home to give the, the uh, visionary the freedom to actually do that. Right. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Now, how do you guys know each other? Well, um, do you remember? (laughs) I, um, as I was, uh, really expanding my uh, my business of helping companies learn how to use EOS, uh, we found that uh, Vistage in particular was a great place where we had the type of individual who uh, wants to grow a company, wants to do better. Uh, we don't really compete because we're just teaching a system. And, and what, In fact, I had a cl- um, 
someone in uh, a client who's had been in Vestige, and he said, I have a lot of great ideas. He said, but I, I seem to have trouble getting them implemented. And so he saw this as an infrastructure to help implement the idea. So we met, and I, I, I reached out to Linda, and uh, we, we've become good friends and uh, worked together well. And so that's how, that's how we met. Did I get that right? Yeah, pretty much, I think. Okay. So I, um, and actually, I think the actual introduction was another chair, another Vistage chair who's in Philadelphia, Hank um, oh, yeah. O'Donnell, Hank. Right. actually introduced us. But here I have here's my little story about this is um, for for month, years really I've been noticing that um, lots of times in my company my Vistage clients there's a this visionary CEO and they're magnificent I mean I I have so much respect and admiration for them and what they're able to accomplish and so there's them and they're like way out in front of the rest of the organization. And then there's this kind of gap. Mm -hmm. And then there's everybody else. And everybody else does a fabulous job of doing what got us here, right? Mm -hmm. But they're not necessarily able to get us there. So there starts to be this churn. And so, and there's a gap. There's that gap in the middle. Uh, I, I had actually identified that and I've been um, expanding beyond my visage practice, and I was thinking, you know, that place in the middle, I like that's a that's like I like that place yeah. myself. And in my corporate roles and other business roles, lots of times I was in that role, and so I had this in my mind. And and I, Hank, who's a good friend of mine, wanted to introduce me to Wayne, so Wayne was taking me through the EOS system and the book traction, and we're flipping through the pages, and all of a sudden there was their organizational chart, visionary integrator, everybody else. It's like these people who are much smarter than I am and actually wrote a book about this figured the same thing, <laughs> you know, out. So I was like, what is that? What is that role right yeah. there in the middle one? And, you know, we entered into this conversation. It was great for me because it gave me some language. And since then, I've been really kind of preaching to my members and other clients is, you know, who is in this integrator role and how can you get that integrator role filled if you find yourself either stuck, as we said earlier in the program, or out of control, then the integrator is, a, you know, making sure that that role is actually filled is a really important way to, to solve those challenges. Do you think every company needs these two? Every company has to have these two roles. Pretty much. I, I'd say yes. And, 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 and sometimes one person can do that, yeah. and particularly when you're smaller. But as you get bigger, there's a pretty good chance there's going to be a, 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 you know, a separation because the roles are so different. For one person to do all of those roles in a, in a company that you know, it's pushing past $20 million or whatever, that's, that would be kind of a stretch. And so the question I would ask is, are each of those roles really being performed well? So... Um, that would be it's it's know. it's really typical if you th if you think about it if you think about a founder so a founder found, you know they start the company maybe for a while they're kind of a one man band depending on what it is at some point they hire their right hand man and that right hand man is the integrator and when the company is really small you know, as Wayne said, sometimes they even actually perform both roles, but usually they've got somebody. It could be a business partner, could be, you know, the somebody that they've hired to come in. But as the company can grow, 
just like in any, this happens on the financial side too. I'll just go back to that analogy because most people are really familiar with it. You have in place your accounting team, your bookkeeper, right? Mm -hmm. Pretty soon you need a controller. Maybe that bookkeeper can step up into the controller role or an account, you know, step up from bookkeeper to account to controller. More often they can't. You know, now you've got a controller, you grow and grow some more. At some point, you actually are going to need a real CFO. Maybe that can controller can step up into the CFO. Maybe they can't. Mm -hmm. And this is the same kind of thing. Usually, if the company is growing and they're profitable and things are kind of working, you're not having this endless frustration and fits and starts and mm -hmm. great year, terrible year, mm -hmm. that kind of thing, or great year, terrible, great month, terrible month. There's an integrator in place. It may not have that language around it, but that role is being filled. And the key is that as the, as the company grows and gets more complex, then the skills of that role you know, become higher, mm -hmm. uh, become higher too. So m some of the integrators will continue to step up and grow. L many, many partnerships are like this. It, you know, it works fantastically from the beginning through, you know, through a highly successful growth and building of a company. But many times it doesn't because you know, the, the integrator doesn't, you know, the integrator doesn't have the capability to step up. That situation where we say have 50-50 uh, partnerships, if we can think of they're going to perform the role rather than, because if we use the title, now we're kind of like, well, you can't have a title bigger than mine. Or, or <laughs> you know, and, and one thing we, we know, too, is that only one person can be accountable. So to have, you know, and occasionally the co-CEO thing works, but usually it doesn't. If there's more than one person accountable for something, usually nobody's accountable. So really find that in M&A and, and partnerships that really getting clarity about whose role they're the best at to support the company really kind of release releases them from that ego thing of well you're you got a position that sounds bigger than mine so uh i think that's that's critical in the in the in the uh, you know the, the partnership situation so well um do you guys have anything that you want to share that's like new or happening in your in your practice you mentioned a, a book um, so Wayne, yeah, I, the, uh, the website to take the assessment for the visionary integrator is called rocketfuelnow.com. So rocketfuelnow, one word.com. And, uh, you take the assessment. There's actually even a user's group on there that you can join to interact with other integrators and other visionaries. Right. And if folks want to get in touch with you after the show, how can they do that? Well, uh, my website is, uh, uh, Curzon Group, K-U-R-Z-E-N-G-R-O-U-P, CurzonGroup.com. Great. Linda? Yeah. Well, I piggyback on the rocket fuel. I actually really recommend the book. It's written by Gino Wickman and Mark Winter, mm -hmm. and it's available on Amazon and everywhere else. And it's a short and easy read. I, they wrote it for... They definitely wrote it for the visionary mindset, um, but it, it really gives a great... Um, it's a great handbook for the roles and the relationships. So I would for sure recommend that. Mm -hmm. And um, my contact information, my email is lynda.gabbard at vistagechair.com. And my LinkedIn is uh, also a great way to get in touch with me. Great. And folks can call either of you to find out more about integrators and 
how to incorporate that role into their business. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys for a great show. Thank Thank you you. so much. Thank Thank you you for having us, Amy. This show is brought to you by Anona Enterprises, where strategy is your access to money and performance. Learn more at anonaenterprises.com.